that you are so in charge. And we pray, Lord, right now, God, that you would just uh, pour your spirit upon our church, pour your spirit upon our people, and bless us in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, I need some light up here. I felt like it got really dark on me. And this thing needs to be as light as it can be. We, we got to get, get me bright. I want me to glow. Just let there be a glare up here and everybody gets blinded by it. We'll hand out sunglasses. I don't care. Just make me bright. Just, just brighten me up. Um, so last week we talked about a pathway. And the pathway was the, um, just hopping back on this journey. Jesus wants to take you on a journey, okay? How many's on a journey with the Lord? And you, and you know it, okay? I mean, this is, listen, when you became a Christ follower, you, ju you jumped on a journey with Jesus. And, and it's, it's just not a, a bunch of words that begin with, with Jay. We really have this journey. But now, today, I want to talk about a couple of encounters. Jesus has these encounters with people that he meets along the way. We talk about Simon of Cyrene and the, the lamenting women, the daughters of Jerusalem, Mary and John. We, we see the thieves on the cross. I want to highlight a couple uh, with you this morning because I think it's important that we understand that this journey that we're on, we need to have a God encounter. How many is ready to have a God encounter? I mean, it's like, Pastor, I want a, I want a God encounter. I want to get, and, and now that can look differently. For some people, it may be more subdued. It may be more internal. It may be, it may just be a, a more passionate. Some people, it's going to be real fanatical, and they're going to be just excited, and they're going to run and shout and clap, and whatever it looks like to you, I don't think there's a right or a wrong way. It's as long as you have an encounter, and it's an authentic encounter. It's not an emotional makeup encounter. It's, a, it's not something that you're trying to fabricate. It's an encounter by God because you've met with Jesus, okay? How many have met Jesus, right? We've, you've met him. You're a Christ follower. You're ready to go, okay? So when we, when we meet with Jesus, we understand then that we're on this journey with him. And as we're taking this journey with him, there's some things that un will just will happen. And so the first person we see is Simon of Cyrene. And Simon of Cyrene is from modern-day Libya. He would have traveled almost two months' journey to get to the Passover. It's a, a time in his life where he's not going to make it every year because it's two months out, it's two months back. It's probably a one-time deal, but he encounters Jesus. Now, here's a, here's a thought for you because I know we've got some really good thinkers in the crowd. Here's a thought for you. Jesus doesn't ask Simon of Cyrene to carry his cross for him. He never asked that. It was the Roman soldiers who saw Jesus suffering, carrying the cross for us, and had pulled Simon Cyrene out of the cross. Sometimes, listen, sometimes you got a cross thrust upon you that you didn't ask for. You know, you, you, were, you were troubled as a child, or you got yourself into some trouble, or things just happened, and you don't know how you, how did I get to this place? And all of a sudden, it's a burdensome cross. Simon the Cyrene was not asked by Jesus to carry the cross, but he chose to carry. He was pulled out of a crowd. A crowd that he just was checking out, like, what, what, what's going on here? Maybe you're here today as a guest or, or someone's friend, and maybe you're here and you're just like, well, I just want to see what's going on. What's taking place? What's, what's happening at this church called Grace? I want to tell you that if you're here today and you're not a Christ follower, why not just give Jesus a chance? Simon of Cyrene is pulled out. Maybe he's mad. I didn't travel for two months all this way, 1,100 miles to get to this place, and then have to work. I'm on vacation. 
Jenny knows when we go on vacation, I don't want to work. Like, I don't, want, I don't listen, I don't eat seafood because I don't want to crack the stuff, the stuff open. Like, I don't, eat, I don't like lobster unless it's already done for you. I don't like crab legs. I love them. But, like, if, unless it's done for me, I, I don't even like shrimp because you've got to peel the stupid thing back. I, don't, I have a hard enough time cutting my steak when we're on vacation. I'm on vacation. I don't want to work. Simon of Cyrene, I don't know if he's on vacation, but he's coming to Jerusalem for the, the Passover feast, and it happens to be the very one that, by this, by this token, it's the very one that Jesus is going to be crucified for you and for me. And this is the one he shows, and so they grab him, and they say, Simon of Cyrene, and sometimes we overlook who this person is, but I tell you, he had a life-changing encounter with God. Anybody ever have a life-changing encounter with God? I mean, just a really life. Jenny and I have had several life-changing encounters, and most of them with God. We were, uh, back several years ago, the interstate crashed. Uh, there was a mudslide, and we had to go home. My sister was dying, and God miraculously healed her. We had to go back for what we thought was a funeral, so we went through uh, the Smoky Mountain National Park and jumped up over on 40 and went home. It was a couple hours out of our way. Coming back, we did the same thing, only there, then there was a blizzard and a snow thing taking place. And so we, we it wasn't, there was a GPS who I think, I think she was filled with the devil. <laughs> I mean, I'm pretty sure of it. And so... We were in the church's Tahoe, and we were driving, and this, this lady on the GPS kept telling us to go this one route, and so we're going this route, and we're like winding around a mountain, and both of us felt like, listen, it takes a lot for me to get scared, and really, and, really, and I'm not saying, I just, I'm not, I don't, I don't carry a lot of fear, and so we saw the mirrors closing in on the Tahoe, literally closing in, and Janie says like, What's going on? Well, this is demonic activity. And I said, I think you're right. Like, we're about ready to encounter something. And I was waiting for somebody to break out some banjos and start playing. I mean, it was, it was. And so Jenny starts texting the kids, like, if you never hear from us again, look, we love you. It's like, uh, and, and she was serious. It was like, I love you. Um, Papa loves you. And, we, and so, and if you don't get this text, at least you'll read it on my phone. Because, like, we were in no where no man's land, and you could just feel this spiritual activity taking place, couldn't you, honey? It was just, it was incredible. I, I'd been in some spiritual activity places before, and this, this was right up there with most of them. And so we get to the top of where this stupid GPS lady tells us to go, and it's a dead end. There was like, there was nothing there. And it was, and I don't, there's probably a message there, right? That, all right, wherever, wherever the enemy takes you, it's a, it's a dead end. And so we turned around, only it was a single lane mountain road, and I couldn't back the thing up. So I'm backing the Tahoe up literally like six inches at a time, backwards, forward, backward, forward, backward, forward. And then we straighten the mirrors out, and on the way down, they crawl back in again. It was just absolutely nerve-wracking, and it was, it was such a demonic presence that sometimes these encounters that we have, listen, I can, let me tell you this, it's much better to have a God encounter yeah. 
okay, than a demonic. And I'm not, I'm not making the devil bigger than he is. I'm just saying this was a demonic encounter. Both are very real, okay? You can have a God encounter, and those are the kind we want. You can have a demonic encounter. Those are the kind you want to stay away from. And this one just happened, so we were... It took us 27 hours to do a 17-hour ride. It was just, it was just a, like spiritual warfare all over the place. It was, there was an encounter. But I want to tell you this, that when you have a, a God encounter, this is what Simon of Cyrene had. Simon of Cyrene had a God encounter. It was a magnificent God encounter with Christ. Now, I don't think he planned on it. I don't think he woke up that morning and saying, I'm going to have a God encounter. He planned or traveled for two solid months. He was just going to uh, Jerusalem so that he could be part of the feast of the Passover. And all of a sudden, he's, he sees this crowd. There's a huge crowd. What's going on? Here's a guy carrying the cross. Who is that? He doesn't know the story. He lived 1,200 miles away in a place called, we call Libya now. And, and so they pull him out of a crowd. Probably a young strapping man probably felt like they could, he could carry the cross. And so they put the cross on him. Maybe he feels like he's ridiculed. Maybe he feels like he's embarrassed. Maybe he feels sad. Maybe he feels like, I don't, I don't want to do that. Have you ever been in a crowd and someone's pulled you out and you just do not want to be there? Like I see it even in church sometimes if I if I walk through the through the aisles right if I get down and then I and I start looking at people usually especially with the guys their head goes down they start studying the Bible <laughs> they're praying in their prayer language like is he by me is he by me is he there where is he at what's he gonna do. Hey, Daryl, come here for a second. I want to introduce you to Daryl. Come on here. Come on here. You'll be a part of my illustrated sermon today. Everybody say hi, Daryl. So come on up here. So it was actually Daryl and I that went out the other day and, and uh, handed out some engagers. And so I wanted to check on him, make sure he was doing all right, make sure that he really loved Jesus. <laughs> you did, too. You did really good, bro. Thank you. Hey, give it up for Daryl. This is a 100-day... A hundred days clean for the first time in 13 years. A hundred days clean for the first time in 13 years. That's good. High five. Stay up. Stay up here. Stay up here. Stay up here. And he told me I could say this 18 rehabs he's been through and five years in prison. But he, he decided instead of carrying his cross, he would start to carry Jesus' cross. He started to carry Jesus' cross. He started to carry Jesus' cross. Right? Stay right there. You, you, you don't know that, but Wesley's back there. Wesley's just standing right where you're at back there. It was about 2011 you walked through those doors, a miracle, right? I remember visiting you in the hospital. I don't mean to embarrass you, but you were in a, you were in a trampoline state. You were like, you, you were out of your mind. You got in a car accident, then they, they wrote you off. They wanted your dad to take you off of life support. And we went to Olive Garden, and your dad asked me, what should I do? And I said, what would it take if we just gave him two more weeks? And your dad worked you like a mule. He did, one o'clock in the morning, he did, he did physical therapy on you when the nurses were out sleeping. And you're here today. You're here today by the grace of God. You're here today by the grace of God. Because your dad chose to pick up Jesus' cross and not the cross someone else wanted to bear on them. That's why you're here. 
You, by the way, have one of the greatest fathers I've ever met. <laughs> now listen, this guy's 100 days clean. And, 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 and there's too many times he carried his own cross. There's too many times where he tried to make his own way. Simon and Cyrene, stay right here. In fact, stand right here because I got, I got, I'm going somewhere with this because you, you, you're solid. <laughs> I'm not going to pick you up. Uh, and so listen. So and listen. And, and, and other people have this story. We're not just highlighting just a few. Other people have this story. But you got to listen to the story. Simon Cyrene is just being pulled up. We don't know his mental state. We don't know. We just know he's there to participate in the Passover. But because he was able to carry the cross, like Daryl was able to carry Jesus' cross for a chance, all of a sudden that thing starts to set you free. The thing that weighs you down if you turn it over to Jesus is the very thing that starts to set you free. Now... Now he wants to do Christian AA where he can get with some of those addicts in town and say, listen, there's a better way. You don't have to resort to drugs. You don't have to resort to alcohol. You don't have to resort to yourself. You can turn it over to Jesus. Simon of Cyrene. We don't hear about him anymore, or do we? Because in Mark 15 and 31, in Acts, the 26th chapter, and here in, in, uh, in Luke, we hear, we read about his sons, Rufus and uh, Alexander, who, along with Simon and Cyrene, plant a church in Antioch that becomes the most powerful church in the whole first century with Apostle Paul. Listen to me. One encounter with God can change the game forever. One encounter with God can absolutely destroy everything. Why is that? Because when you take your cross and move it over to him and pick up his cross, now all of a sudden he said, my burdens are easy. My yoke is light. Man, come with me and I'll, and I'll walk with him. That's how a guy can 18 times in rehab can all of a sudden say, Pastor, I'm free. And I know he's free. Amen. I know he's free. Listen. You don't have to make it, you don't have to get an overdose. You don't have to, you don't have to have a gun held to your head. Amen. You don't have to spend five years in prison. But you have to give up that cross. Amen. You have to take on Jesus' cross at some point in time. You have to say, listen, here, here I am. That's Simon of Cyrene. He becomes a church planner in the most dynamic first century church there is. It's amazing. This guy just goes to Jerusalem thinking. I'm going to observe the Passover. You may have come to church today just thinking, yeah, I'll, I'll, be, the, I'll be invited. Yeah, I'll just, I'll pay my weekly due. No, God wants you to have an encounter with him of the very first kind that changes everything. It changes your whole life forever. Forever. And you don't have to, some, some of you are saying, well, I don't have... I haven't been through rehab for 18 times, and I haven't been five years in jail. Well, Jared will say, God bless you. That's a good thing. You don't have to have the worst testimony. You just have to have an encounter, and you'll have the best testimony. That's what encounter equals. Encounter equals testimony that says, okay, here I am. And, and we don't, Simon of Cyrene is just a guy. Daryl's just a guy. You might just be a guy or a gal or a young person or old person, but God wants you to have an encounter today. That changes your life forever. Changes your life forever. Jason, come up here for a second. You, can you stand right here? Or we say hi, Jason. Steve, Steve, I need a Jesus real quick. Can you come up here? Steve, yep. Yeah. Steve, yep. Yeah. 
three times. See? <laughs> take your take your beds out. Here, stand right here in the middle. <laughs> High five. Say hi, Steve. Hi, Steve. Steve plays the guitar. Steve's real under the radar. Steve's going to be my Jesus. You look like Jesus. Yeah, awesome. You, unfortunately, are going to be the bad thief for right now. So you're, you're, we're not calls you need to relapse. This is just for illustration purposes. You're the good thief. So the other person we're going to talk about, the other people we're going to talk about really quickly are the two thieves. We read that. Two thieves, and it's almost like a, a, a sidebar for a second. And two thieves are with them, too. And Jesus is hanging on the cross. And, and the bad thief says, because here's what, here's what people like to do. They like to accuse God of things. They like to accuse Jesus. Well, you weren't there when. You weren't there this. And you didn't have it. And listen, a lot of times in our life, we make choices, right? And, and I'm, I'm going to I'm get to some of you in a second. So choi- most of what you did was your choice. Absolutely. Right? Unfortunately. And I'm not putting you on the spot, but we've talked about this. Absolutely. And you, you're owning it. Absolutely. Okay, but this thief didn't own it in the scriptures. This, this thief looked over at Jesus and said, hey, if you're the son of God, why didn't you get us down from here? Why? Because people who accuse always have a selfish ambition. And this thief always had a selfish ambition. He was only looking out for himself. Now, the good thief, and he, he said he was a thief. Now, Jason's not a thief. Jason's one of the nicest, kindest guys you're ever going to meet. Been in the church forever, and I love them dearly. I love all these guys dearly. But the good thief says, what are you talking about? No, stop. We deserve to be up here. He doesn't deserve to be up here. So what he uses, rather than where this one accuses the Lord, this one uses the Lord as an access point. He says, Lord, when you die from here and resurrect, would you count me as one of your friends? And Jesus said, today you'll be with me in paradise. Today, that's how easy it is for salvation. Today you can be saved. Today you can be with me. So the good thief tells Jesus and uses Jesus as an access point. When we can't handle things in our life, we have to use Jesus as an access point. See, too many of us want to do it on our own. 18 times in rehab because I'm guessing you wanted to try to do it on your own. But Jesus is the game changer. He'll change everything. And when we turn it over to him, we become a new creature in Christ Jesus. Right? So Jesus, Steve, no, let's go. So Jason, he gets it. And, G- and Steve, Jesus, says, yeah, today you're going to be with me. This one doesn't get it. They both, church, they both have the same opportunity. They both have the same opportunity. Can I accept him or not? Now listen, some people, I will say this. We know it. We know it. Some people, you say, but what about when I was seven and they got abused? What about when I was 10 and my dad beat me? What about that uncle that took advantage of me? We hear your pain. I've never been there, but I hear your pain. One thing's got to change. You've got to stop accusing God. You have to start using him as an access point. Lord, would you take this pain away from me? Lord, would you allow me, would you allow me to endure this cross? Lord, would you help me walk through this? Father, this pain is unbearable. Would you send to Simon Cyrene in my life to help me carry the cross? I feel like I'm here to help Daryl to an extent, okay? And you're here to help Daryl. And you're here to help Steve. You're here to help somebody in this church today who just can't do it alone. They need someone to carry that cross with them. And if Jesus needed help, we all need help as well. But Jesus said, 
Well, Peter actually said it. If you cast all your cares upon him or anxieties or, or disbeliefs, if you, if that, that word care is all-inclusive. If you cast whatever you have need of on him, he'll care for you. So, so the tables are flipped. So if you can't carry that thing, Jesus steps in and he starts to carry it for you. And if he carries it for you, we're looking at two thieves and a Jesus. And the thieves, are, the, thieves, the thieves show us such a beautiful picture because this is what happens in life. Jesus Christ of Nazareth came and walked on this earth. And on this side, John the Baptist said, behold, the Lamb of God. And people were bowing and people were worshiping and people were crying and people were loving. And on this side, the religious people, the Sadducees and the Pharisees, they were, they were saying, where is he? I don't see him. He's not coming like I thought he would. He's not the person we thought. That's the carpenter's son. That can't be him. But listen, the people who have an encounter with Jesus, they don't care what he looks like. Because first of all, Isaiah said he wasn't, gonna, he wasn't someone that was going to be presented as tall, dark, and handsome. Not, that's not why I got you up here. Okay, that's, that's, not the, that's not the reason I got you playing Jesus. He would, just, he, he would have no form. He would, he, he would just blend in. Jesus disappeared, physically disappeared from crowds because people were looking for something that they could not find because they weren't looking for the person in Jesus, the Savior. They were looking for someone who they thought was Jesus. And that's the pathway today. That's the encounter that you need to have. That when, when you get to that point in life and you say, okay, God, here it is, I'm done. I want the Jesus that the scriptures tell me about. I want the Jesus that the scriptures say, okay, here I am. I'm guessing probably at some point in time, that's what all three of these guys did. And one maybe has a, a better story, but in Christ, it's all the same life. When you have an encounter and you allow God to change you, hear me, because some people will say, well, I'm born and raised in church. I don't have, you know, the worst thing I ever did was get a real small tattoo on the tip of my thing and got persecuted for three months. <laughs> That's not persecution, by the way. Listen, worship team, come on back. Give Daryl and Jason a, a hand of appreciation. Thank you, guys. We, listen, I understand not everybody has the same beginning. But because of Jesus, everybody can have the same end. Let me say that one more time. Not everybody has the same beginning. And I... I I listen, the, the, my flesh wants to raise up when I hear the stories about somehow some people were treated as young people. My flesh just wants to raise up and I want to take matters into my own hands and I want to look back and, and lay hands on the people that, that did that to people. And you know what I mean when I say lay hands on? But we can't because Jesus has already paid that price. He's already paid the price. And, and, and if we just say today, Okay, Father, I, I, I need a God encounter. Bow your heads and close your eyes just for a moment. Simon of Cyrene changed not only his world, but the church world as we know it. Amazing. 
incredible story if you search it out in scriptures. Rufus and, and Alexander, his two sons, were world changers in the scripture. And that's a, that's, a, that's a challenge to fathers. How you live is how your kids will live. How you live is how your kids will live. It's a challenge to every single one of us. They were world changers because of that one encounter. The thief on the cross, the two thieves, they each had the same opportunity to receive Christ that day. One took advantage of it, one didn't. Every head bowed, every eye closed, nobody looking around if you're here today. Can we dim the lights, please, at this time? If you're here today and you say, Pastor, I need a God encounter. You, you may have been saved for 20 or 30 years. You may have been saved for two or three months. You're here today and say, I need a, I need a God encounter. I, I need to be like that, that thief on the cross that took the opportunity. I need to be like that Simon of Cyrene who, who just bore the weight of that cross, but to, in, in the end turned over to Jesus. If you're here today and you say, I need a God encounter, just raise your hand right now, right back down. No big deal. Hands all across the building. God bless you. Thank you for that. Hands all across the building. God encounter. I'm going to ask every person here to stand, whether you raise your hand or not. I'm going to pray a simple prayer, but then the rest really is on you. You have to take it by faith. You have to say, okay, God, here I am. I want, a, I want a God encounter. But look at Simon of Cyrene wasn't expecting a God encounter when he showed up. He wasn't expecting to, to be introduced to Jesus in that way. Don't look for it. Just act upon it. Know that God's in charge. Let's pray. Raise your hands if you're comfortable doing so. Then we're going to close with that same worship song. It's such power. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you, Lord, for every person here that raised their hand today that needs a God encounter, whether it's in business, whether it's in home, whether it's in family, whether it's in their own personal life. Lord, whether they're walking, Father, Lord, on top of the mountain or in the valley, they need and want a God encounter. Lord, they acknowledge that today. I pray, Lord, that you would give them encounter, the same type of encounter that you gave Moses on Mount Sinai, that you gave David in the cave Adullam, that you gave Simon of Cyrene, and you gave that one thief on the cross. Father, give them a God encounter that changes their life and impacts their society, Lord, forever. I pray in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, Father, Lord, that you allow this to happen. You see the person's heart. Lord, as they activate it, God, let them call upon you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. God bless you. Let's, well, we're going to we got to take the offering. I'm sorry. If you have an offering, raise your offering to the Lord. My bad. Ushers are coming. Second uh, Corinthians 10 and 9. 9 and 10. He who supplies seed for the sower and bread for uh, bread for food will supply and multiply your seed for sowing the, and increase the harvest of your righteousness. That's my prayer for you today, that God would supply your need according to his riches and glory. Father, bless the offering. Bless the gifting giver. Thank you for it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. God bless you for your giving today.
Just wanna be where you are. 